Hey guys, this is Hunter. Uh, this is my first episode on my podcast. Um, most of you know me. I'm a political science major at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. Um, and I had a radio show when I was in high school and, and actually got on like a national level audience um, and a radio show in, in New Mexico. And so it was really interesting. But I really like to give my opinion and I like to hear other people's opinions. I like to really look at everything from a different point of perspective and view and I and I add that. So um, hopefully I can get your support in this first episode podcast. I want to give you some general things right now. Um, you may agree with me totally. You may not agree with me. My opinions may be really extreme or not. They might be in the middle. But I'm the kind of person that I love to keep learning and growing and understanding new ideas. Um, and so hopefully I can get your support in that. And um, I'm a raw person. I'm going to tell things how they should be. And I may tell things like you'd like to hear it, but I'm also going to tell things in an honest and clear way. And um, I really want to just be able to uh, tell people really what's going on and how they can become more informed. Um, But I want to talk to you about my first episode, a a controversial topic here in Provo, Utah. And some of you may not know much about it, and so I want to give you some background. But uh, at Brigham Young University, which is sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, is is a great university um, that is not perfect like anything else. But um, we have a honor code, a consented form, because BYU is a private university. We have to sign before we uh, can really be admitted and if we want to continue to go each year. And so actually our tuition is actually subsidized a little bit. That's kind of a weird word to use, but I'm not going to use that anymore. But it's not as expensive as it regularly should be, uh, thanks to the church. And so I'm really happy about that um and so something that's been going on is a lot of people are not happy with with the honor code and and that's understandable they're not okay with it they uh they find things that are uh they find things that are imperfect about it and um it is strict i'll be honest with you we can't wear beards on campus um there's no premarital sex there's no drinking, there's no alcohol, there's no drugs. Uh, it's a clean campus, and we all, again, consent to live that way. Um, and that's parts of it, of the church. It's just premarital sex and drinking um, are things that we also live in accordance with. But um, things like beards um, are things that the that the school, obviously BYU, wants and supports. Um, and so that's all about the honor code in general. Just kind of how we all agree with it, in terms of whether you're on 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 the on the side where, you know, we need to keep it or not. But there's been a lot of um, a lot of controversial stuff going on, and what's been going on is primarily people are not happy with first what I understood with the honor code in general, and I think that's been something that's been going on for a long time. People have been have had their issues with it um, because it is hard to live. Let's be honest; it's a lot of us to ask, you know, us as being young people let's be honest um you're on a campus with 33,000 young adults who are 22 23 24 and let's be honest are you know going to school are working and have relationships um boyfriend girlfriend and and some of those times those things can be really hard to do especially when you know you want to get more intimate with someone and and the world says that's okay that you can be intimate with anyone um but obviously the school and the church says that should be that should wait till marriage 
Um, and so that's something that we all need to understand first that we're, we're human beings. We're imperfect. Um, we all have our temptations. We all have our weaknesses. And especially young adults, it's okay to feel, you know, something that's hard to live. It is hard to not have premarital sex. It's hard to uh, live in, in a place where you do want to think more openly and freely. But BYU obviously is able to keep that and also keep a very um, good quality of life for students, in my opinion. Um, and so that's something we need to all really answer first is, is that is we need to be able to accept that we're all perfect. Um, and so that's the first thing that's been going on. A lot of people have been saying, I'm imperfect. Um, I don't live some of the expectations, and that's totally fine. We never will do, and we just need to do our best to live the honor code. But then it's also turned on things where we do have to understand and look at this view and of LGBTQ students at BYU. And um, there are many, even though it's a primarily uh, you know, Christian Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, membership that go there it is predominantly conservative and and i can see that can be hard for lots of people and my heart reaches out to those who have those struggles and are struggling with that and it's it's brave that they're there and and i admire them but it's also those who are from other faiths and for those who who have their questions about the church that they go what if i don't live up to the expectations with the honor code and so i feel like the movement and the movement actually came out in january with a uh, a young woman who's actually a BYU graduate and she came out with this in January and the honor code story which I'm referring to the Instagram page blew up uh, you know in four or five days and so she was kind of the start the spark of this whole movement and more students were looking at the stories and realized that they were not um, these were unacceptable and and started to say we're gonna we're gonna do something about this and so whether those stories are true or not whether half or 20 percent of them what matters is there are people who um, realize there's something, something wrong and want to stand up to it, and they want to change something. And so that happened within these past few weeks. The New York Times, um, NPR made a podcast. Um, I know AP just came out with something, Newsweek, and I've been following this all on Twitter um, and talking to my friends about it on campus. And it's something that's been really nationally viewed, actually. And it's really interesting to see what people are saying. I like understanding and seeing other people's kind of views. But... Um, I have my own opinion about it, and I want to know what you think, and hopefully I can get your opinion for future stories, and this will just be the beginning of the Honor Code episode, um, where we'll probably do other features to really see where the movement's going, and how's it how's it really implemented, um, and really I think we'll, what I really want to end at, at this segment is, people are mad at the at the honor code office. The movement is not about changing the honor code itself. It's about changing the honor code office and how it's implemented. And that's something we're going to be focusing on today because that's where the movement is at. It's not based on we should get rid of the honor code. It's based on how it should be implemented to those who have uh, maybe have 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 done things they shouldn't be doing, that they're not following the honor code. And so um, I want to talk to someone here today. She is amazing. She's one of my best friends. And um, she's an international student. Her name is Camila Cuevas, and she's from Chile. Hi, everyone. Um, I think the honor code um, is good for our lives because um protect us. And I think um, live the gospel and to be in the university help us to feel happy. And I feel happy to live the honor code. And I studied in my country two years. Um, we don't have 
we didn't have a honor code and people did whatever they want but here in BYU is different and I think to leave the honor code is a good way to protect us great well Camila is like I said she's from Chile she has a different kind of perspective and that's why again my podcasts are going to be coming from my perspective as well Um, but Camila didn't grow up in a university lifestyle like here at BYU. Um, I always dreamed of coming here to BYU. Both of my parents are converts. They raised me in the church. I'm I'm pioneer for my family in terms of the church. And so is Camila. Um, and so I wanted to know here a little bit of Camila's experience of being raised in a church, not only in, in, in a place where she's a minority, but where she's also in a different country. So Camila, tell us about your experience of living in a different country and and how it was to be a member of the church. Okay, uh, I think agency is very important to um, to make decisions. Um, uh, around me, when I grew up, I didn't have a lot of member church members, and I I had to decide for my own. Um, I didn't have honor code in my life in in at school or at the university. So I think agency um, is is a clue. That's great. Um, do you have like any experiences, personal experiences that you had growing up, growing up in the church, and and it was hard to live something specifically, a certain like certain rule or practice. Um. Ah, uh, with the. Um, Grooming, dressing? Yeah, like grooming or dressing or... Yeah, it was hard for me um, because I want to dress for that the world say, but I should decide. I I had to decide to follow God and I could understand that it's important to be modest. And people around me um, didn't dress like the church to say. Wow, that must have been really hard. So you told me before we started this episode, and we're talking a little more, that you went to two years before coming to the United States, mm-hmm. um, and Camila is studying English, and she's going to be entering a program of nursing here, um, here in the future, and she's really excited about it. But she uh, studied two years in Chile, um, and you can imagine kind of what goes on there. Uh, in terms of being in a non-Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints culture um, and university. And I'm interested to hear, because she obviously didn't have something like the honor code. Um, And so I want to hear a little bit about her experience about living in a place where that isn't necessarily supported. How how was that? Okay. Um, I think uh, stay away of the line. Um had helped me to feel free. Uh, I think the honor code is is the line. So if I stay away, um, I don't have to worry about it. Okay. And and how was it specifically? Was it hard to? No, be it was not hard. It was not hard. <laughs> but was it was it kind of tempting to do something outside of? what the church asked you to do in a place where it isn't supported? Um, I think it was not too difficult. 
because agency and um, and my own perspective to live the gospel uh, has influenced a lot of in my decisions so it wasn't difficult for me now yeah that's interesting and now you are at BYU and you had explained to me that when you came to the United States you had to actually meet with your bishop um, to be able to get an ecclesiastical endorsement which is part of um, fulfilling the requirement to live the honor code when you were asked to live and sign that ecclesiastical endorsement that your bishop wanted you to do have you seen a difference in your life from your experience at the University of Concepcion, which is in Concepcion, Chile, and now? Yes, yes. Um, because uh, when I was studied in my country, I didn't sign anything. Just you have to apply. And here you have to fulfill requirement to go in the university. And in my own experience, in my own opinion, if I want to be in a university, um, in this university, UVU University, I have to fulfill this requirement. If I, if I don't want to be there, I could um, be in other university institute. So. And so uh, my main question is, have you seen a difference in living the BYU honor code? Have you seen a difference in that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, then it being yeah. at a university in Chile. <laughs> Sorry. Um, to leave the honor code uh, has protected me more. Okay. The temptation and bad experience, pain, suffer. Okay. But I am not perfect. I am not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So I think um, just leave the honor code, uh, set away with to the line uh, has helped me to feel free. I don't have any problems with the honor code. Thank you so much, Camila. That's really informative to really see us see a different perspective from everyone else. Um, and so that's what I really want to do for these next couple episodes. If you want to reach out to me and just give me your opinion, I'd love to do that. Um, and I really wanted to focus on this, like I said, these next couple segments on on this issue and see where the movement's going and and see you know if there'll be changes um recently the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints had their annual general conference um we have every six months and uh the day before a couple of days before there was a change in policy that is actually very rare the the church uh the first presidency and the 12 apostles which are the governing council of the whole church decided to um decided to change the policy and and LGBTQ members of the church um, who who are not necessarily a part of the church but do believe in those principles LGBTQ members and their children um, and previously the policy said that they would have to wait to be 18 to get baptized and now that has totally changed the bishop can reach out to previous members who are now living um, uh, who are living a different lifestyle if their children want to get baptized, may um, and that's something that the bishop determines, and and that can be at starting at the age of eight. And so it was a really change in policy. And the other big thing is um, those who who do want to live a lifestyle, um, you know, being gay, lesbian, um, you know, bisexual, transgender, 
they will not be constituted as apostates, um, but just be treated as, as normal people who want to leave the church. Um, but I just do want to give this that the church is all about love. And I have felt that in my own life. Um, and I only want these to be helpful to people, to be able to understand the truth and to get a different perspective from people. I'm not from Utah. Um, like I said, my parents are both converts. Um, I'm from New Mexico. It's a border state from uh, from Mexico. I'm Hispanic. Um, and I am a wholeheartedly loyal to the church and to Brigham Young University. Um, I've dreamed to come here. I want to be here. I want to live the standards. And I know I won't necessarily can fulfill them all the time. I'll, I'll mess up in something. And Camila said that very well said today. She, she said that she's imperfect. None of us are perfect. And none of us will cast that stone. Um, you know, all of us have things in our eyes that we need to fix and change. Um, but I do want to say this, and I think this is imperative that we know, that uh, the honor code is what protects us from, from doing bad things. And whether we look at it like that, we'll be able to see it in a different light. But what I do want to finish saying today is that those within the honor code office who may who have made mistakes a couple of years ago and those policies were changed, the whole movement is based on forgiveness and love and compassion and repentance. And I think that Jesus Christ would definitely have mercy over those who pay, who maybe messed up, who made decisions that weren't fair within the honor code office. Like I said, if those are true, if they aren't true, I think Jesus Christ would forgive those people and, and, and accept us as who we are, whether we're LGBTQ member, go to BYU, whether a different faith, whether you're like me and I'm just an average student trying to get through school, um, you know, whether like Camila from, from a different country and decided to come to the United States and, and see a different kind of life and perspective, where whoever you are, whomever you are, we need to have compassion towards others and we need to be able to, you know, love people. But we need to also see that we are to do that with everyone, our enemies especially. Our enemies we are to love, Jesus Christ said. And those, and Jesus Christ will also have mercy on those who, who truly repent. And that's based on someone who has been through a process or someone at the honor code office who made a bad decision. Um, one of the, you know, one of the administrators up there. We'd have mercy towards them and and understand that they're not perfect. That's all the basis of the church. That's what I believe in. And I think that's the whole situation, the debate in the church is we have an expectation. Our generation has an expectation. Us as members have an expectation that our church leaders need to be perfect. And that the owner code office may seem perfect. It may seem like this high, you know, law we need to live. But when you understand that even our enemies, even those people we may not agree with, we need to have mercy towards them, and they're not perfect. Our leaders aren't. Those who work the court office, they're not. Which is the same thing about our church leaders. So let us have mercy on everyone and love them for who they are. Thanks so much, guys. This has been really informative. Again, stay tuned for next episode, next podcast. Reach out to me, and let's be on for the next one. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend.